justice depends on determining the truth of a matter. According to Confucius, correctly naming things is essential to that truth and proper punishment. Having eliminated what Russian irregular combatants are not, it is now a matter of determining a correct name, here on the ancient art of modern warfare. Welcome to episode 83 of the Ancient Art of Modern Warfare. I'm Chris Mayer, retired U.S. Cavalry Colonel, former instructor of the U.S. Army's Command and General Staff College and the Naval War College. These podcasts describe what I think every citizen should understand about war, peace, and that gray area in between. Now, if you think that these podcasts are worthwhile, please hit like and subscribe or follow and maybe leave a comment. These podcasts are not monetized or subsidized in any way, nor do they represent anyone's opinion but my own. In episodes 81 and 82 of this series, I describe why terms most commonly used for Wagner and associated organizations are imprecise, and that this imprecision could result in continued unaccountability for those entities and the persons in those entities guilty of criminal misconduct. As a reminder, it's tempting to call them mercenaries, but Wagner gives mercenaries a bad name. Also, it feeds into claims equivocating legitimate, rules-based private military and security companies with Wagner and other mercenary-like organizations. These equivocators include some well-known academics, including one who claims to have been a mercenary himself because he once worked for a PMSC. This isn't to say that Russian irregular forces don't employ people who fit the definition of mercenaries under some of the relevant international laws. I believe that there are good arguments that such persons are present within the organization. If captured, those persons could be tried as mercenaries. But that doesn't make Wagner or any of the other two dozen or so similar groups a mercenary organization, certainly not in the way that the Flying Tigers were in World War II or the Vatican Swiss Guard is today or throughout the Swiss Guard's history. Misnaming these Russian forces as mercenaries can be confusing, and more importantly, it's not helpful to accountability. Calling them militias or international volunteers is also inaccurate under the law of war. It provides Wagner-type operatives legitimacy that they do not deserve and undermines legitimate international volunteers, including those fighting as part of and legally integrated into the armed forces of Ukraine. Terrorist is an emotionally and politically charged term that is ill-defined under international law. As a result, it's open to legal nuances such as whether terroristic acts are intended as such or merely incidental to unlawful military activity. Terrorist is also an overused term, with more than 50 organizations declared to be terrorist by the U.S. government. Nonetheless, if Congress actually acts on designating Wagner and its associates as a foreign terrorist organization or organizations, it opens some serious tools for accountability. Wagner is a declared transnational criminal organization under U.S. law. This offers some legal tools to use against them, at least financial tools. However, as I said in the last episode, naming it a criminal organization merely places Wagner in the same level as the mafia and drug cartels, and then becomes one of hundreds of sanctioned persons and entities. The designation of transnational criminal organization is also insufficient as it applies to the organization, an organization that has no solid corporate existence to begin with, 
and it does not apply to individuals unless those persons are specifically sanctioned by name. So then, what can we call them that makes a difference? As I described in the previous episode, under the laws and customs of war, per the Hague and Geneva Conventions, Wagner fighters are not members of the armed forces or militias. Therefore, they do not have privilege to participate in combat. If they do not have a legal right to engage in combat, then they must be unlawful combatants. This is a real term, and it absolutely applies to Wagner and other Russian irregular forces. Unfortunately, unlawful combatant doesn't really ring the way the words mercenary or terrorist do. What unlawful combatant means, however, is important. It means that they do not have combatant immunity. Under combatant immunity, a soldier cannot be held liable for the death and destruction done where and when such death and destruction is a military necessity. Unlawful combatants don't have that immunity. Therefore, any death or destruction of property by these unlawful combatants are crimes under applicable national law, the national law of their home state, or more importantly, the state in which they perform such acts. That said, if captured, the law of war does require an inquiry, a determination, as to whether that individual should be treated as a prisoner of war or not. And if not, then common Article 3 of the Geneva Convention still applies. More on that in the next episode. But that the individual was fighting for an entity declared to be a criminal organization should be a consideration in that determination. So then, what should we call these mercenaries who are not, in fact, mercenaries. If unlawful combatant doesn't ring, I propose that we just call them criminals, or maybe criminal combatants, not war criminals. That actually gives them a veneer of legitimacy, a sense that they are actually soldiers who are required to conduct themselves according to the laws and customs of war. It calls to mind international tribunals with an international following, allowing them to defend themselves and their indefensible actions before that international audience. No such honor or expectation of honor should be given to them. Wagner is a criminal organization, and its operatives are criminal combatants. Once captured, they should be tried by the courts of the people they harmed, as would be the case for any other person charged with such crimes. They and members of similar irregular forces are criminals who have used the excuse of war to conduct some of the most heinous crimes imaginable and should not be honored with any better term. In the next episode, the concluding episode of this subject, I will describe the legal accountability tools available to hold these criminal combatants accountable. So hit like, subscribe or follow, and join me next time on The Ancient Art of Modern Warfare. <laughs>